It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Among the many rules Donald Trump violated during his four years occupying the Oval Office, we now know that he thumbed his nose at the Presidential Records Act, uh, bigly. First, we learned that many of the documents received by the National Archives after he fought all the way to the Supreme Court to keep them secret had been torn up, some reassembled and taped back together, but many were also destroyed beyond repair, shredded, or even burned. Three former White House officials told CNN that they saw Trump on numerous occasions manually destroying papers that he was no longer interested in or had finished reviewing. According to a White House official, Trump flatly ignored repeated requests from at least two of his chiefs of staff to stop tearing apart paper, saying it went in one ear and out the other. And now we find out that the National Archives actually sent people down to Mar-a-Lago last month to retrieve 15 boxes of documents and other items that Trump absconded with when he left the White House. They reportedly included his love letters from North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, along with other correspondence, gifts, and mementos. The archives said in a statement that Trump representatives are, quote, continuing to search for additional records. Oh, please. The Associated Press is reporting on testimony from then-Vice President Mike Pence's National Security Advisor, General Keith Kellogg, who said that Trump was confused on January 6th about why White House staffers weren't clapping and cheering as he rewound the video to repeatedly watch his favorite moments of the insurrection. The panel continues to seek voluntary testimony from Ivanka Trump about what Trump was or wasn't doing during those hours, but she's reportedly down here in Surfside, Florida, disregarding local laws about dogs on the beach, pretending that she's above them, I guess. Congressman Jamie Raskin said on Sunday that the House Select Committee, still waiting to hear from Ivanka, hopes to begin holding public hearings in April. But over the weekend, the Republican National Committee passed a resolution formally censuring Republican representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and designating the events surrounding the January 6th insurrection as, quote, legitimate political discourse. Legitimate political discourse? Are you kidding me? But there is pushback from a not-too-small contingent of Republicans on Capitol Hill. Politicos claiming the criticism of the action was widespread, from rank-and-file lawmakers all the way up to leadership. The standard line from Senators John Thune, John Cornyn, and Lindsey Graham is that the focus should be forward, not backward. But if you're wondering where the quotes from House members are, well, they're not publicly weighing in under instructions from Kevin McCarthy. Well, the shutdown countdown engaged again. The House of Representatives is expected to vote Monday afternoon on another short-term funding bill in order to avert yet another government shutdown at the end of next week. Funding is currently set to expire on February 18th, but the measure the House is set to take up would extend it through March 11th. Now, once the House passes the stopgap bill, known as a continuing resolution, the Senate then needs to pass it before it can be sent to the president to be signed into law. Congressional negotiators on both sides of the aisle have been working on a bipartisan basis to secure a full year funding agreement. Sure, they have, but a deal hasn't yet been reached. Well, it's not just about COVID and vaccine misinformation anymore. 
Joe Rogan apologizing again, this time after a compilation video of him using the N-word went viral, and Spotify quietly removed dozens of episodes of his podcast. But CEO Daniel Elk said there are no plans to stop paying Rogan millions of dollars for his content, saying, quote, I don't believe that silencing Joe is the answer. Meanwhile, it's that kind of propaganda that's fueling events like what's going on in Ottawa, Canada, where the mayor, Jim Watson, has declared a state of emergency to address the hundreds of truckers that have blocked downtown streets for more than a week in protest of coronavirus measures. While the, quote, freedom convoy began in reaction to vaccine mandates for truckers crossing the U.S.-Canada border, it soon evolved into a larger demonstration against public health measures and attracted support from the American far right, including the sorry excuse for a senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul, who on Monday actually said, quote, somebody's got to stand up, whether it's putting your semi in the middle of a town and honking the horn or whatever. What? The demonstrators have also displayed Confederate flags and swastikas, desecrated war memorials, and tormented residents with all-night horn blaring. Ottawa police issued more than 500 tickets over the weekend and have now begun trying to choke off supplies of fuel and food. Meanwhile, a Canadian judge on Monday issued a 10-day injunction barring truckers protesting the mandates from honking their horns in downtown Ottawa. Justice Hugh McLean said, tooting a horn is not an expression of any great thought I'm aware of. (laughs) Touche. He also said the ban would not violate demonstrators' right to protest. Regardless of the protests, it looks like we're entering a new phase. School mask mandates will end in Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, and Oregon within weeks, according to state officials. This is a positive sign of decreasing COVID-19 cases across the nation as the country moves towards a new normal. California will also lift its statewide indoor mask mandate for vaccinated people next week, nearly two years after it was first implemented. And similar announcements are expected from other states in the near future as more local leaders consider the shifting tide of mask politics, frustration with continued COVID-related restrictions, as well as higher vaccination rates and a decline in cases since the peak of the Omicron surge. Well, the Supreme Court once again flexing its new right-wing muscle. On Monday, the justices voted 5-4 to keep the congressional map drawn by Alabama Republicans in place, freezing a lower court ruling that said the map likely violates the Voting Rights Act. The lower court had ordered a new map to be drawn, which could have led to Democrats gaining another seat in the House in the fall. Chief Justice John Roberts joined the three so-called liberal justices in dissent. But the court's order, the first dealing with the 2022 elections, means that the map will be used for the state's upcoming primary and likely will also be in place for the entire election cycle while the legal challenges play out. The Supreme Court is scheduled to hear the full case next fall. Well, this is a weird one. The trial of one of the police officers in Breonna Taylor's shooting begins Monday. Remember, Breonna Taylor, a 26-year-old black woman, was killed during a no-knock police raid in Louisville in 2020. But here's the thing. No one has been charged with her death. Brett Hankinson, the only officer facing a trial, is instead accused of endangering her neighbor's lives. When the shots he fired indiscriminately went through neighbors' walls, ostensibly endangering them, there were no charges filed against anyone for the shots that killed 
Brianna Taylor. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is fully listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that Donate button.